Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. The Lord proclaims, when Babylon's 70 years are up, I will come and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster. To give you a future filled with hope. When you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. I will be present for you, declares the Lord, and I will end your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have scattered you, and I will bring you home after your long exile, declares the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Michelle Morris, and I, I greet you and bring welcome alongside Pastor Andrea. When we, when we envisioned this giving series and had this, this theme in mind of the home you never leave, I could not have anticipated that I would be sitting here before you unable to leave this home without assistance. So here I am. I've been here for, you know, over almost three hours now. And, and that, that's pretty funny. But I also recognize the tragedy of it today. I recognize how tragic it is to call this place the home you never leave. When there are people in the Ukraine, excuse me, in Ukraine, there are people in Ukraine who never plan to leave their homes either. And yet they are fleeing, they are homeless, they are refugees. They, too, had homes they never planned to leave. And yet, here we are. And that, that drives me to today's scripture. And, and I will be honest, that, that verse that we all know, that Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans God I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace, plans for a future filled with hope. That used to be one of my least favorite passages in the Bible. And the reason it was one of my least favorite is because the folks that preach the prosperity gospel use this verse all the time. And if you're unfamiliar with prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel is this idea that you can tell how faithful someone is by how blessed they are in their life, how, how well things are going, how much stuff they have, how good their life is. You can tell the truly faithful people from that. And I will tell you, my friends, that is a false gospel. It is a false gospel. And that is why this verse drove me crazy. But then I put this verse in context. And we talked about this verse's context a couple of weeks ago. I, when I preached out of Jeremiah, and I said I was preaching for part of what's called the book of consolation. 
The book of Consolation was, was that stretch written and proclaimed to the people as the army of Babylon had surrounded Jerusalem, as they were crushing in, as they were pushing out, as they were causing the exile to happen, as people were being made homeless and refugees and scattered. That's when Jeremiah proclaimed these words. I know the plans God has for you. Plans for peace. Plans for a future filled with hope. It had to feel like he was shouting those words into the void. And I want to shout those words. I want to shout those words so loud that that the people in Ukraine hear them too. I know the plans God has for you. Plans for peace. For a future filled with hope. I know the plans. But I'm also United Methodist. And I know what it means to say that is far more complicated than to just lay claim to that promise. Because as United Methodists, we believe that God loves us so much that God gives us free will, which means God gives us the ability to choose, to make choices. And a wicked and evil regime made choices based on greed and selfishness, based on ego. And people have been pushed from their homes because of it. I know, I know that I can stand here and tell you that always, always God's plans for us are plans for a future filled with hope. Always those are God's plans. That's God's will. God's will is love and goodness and peace. Always. But God always gives us a choice to choose those plans or not. To choose those plans or not. We always have a choice between choosing the goodness of God's plan or choosing the selfishness of evil. And choices, choices are made by us every day. Every day we make choices in how we spend our days, in how we use our talents, in how we direct our resources. We make choices. And I will admit that choices these days are incredibly complicated. If any of you watched uh, the series on NBC that came out a few years ago called The Good Place, in about the third or fourth season, they, they came to understand that no one was getting into heaven because every good choice also came with a negative consequence. And the idea was that you had to do all these good choices to get into heaven. And while I do not affirm their works righteousness understanding of heaven, I do acknowledge that every choice we make is very complicated these days. Every choice seems to have both a good and a shadow side, and that is in part because we are so interconnected now. It's hard to predict what our goodness will do. No decision seems to be a clean one these days, including, let's be honest, supporting the United Methodist Church. I can sit here and tell you that I agree with most of the stance of the United Methodist Church. Most of it. But not all. Some of it frustrates me and some of it quite honestly makes me angry. But I have to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is that we are a church that seeks to welcome all. 
And because of that, there are people here that I disagree with who think differently than I do and thank God for it. Because that is a church of true love and true welcome. That is a true church that is truly open. And I will also proclaim that the only way God's transformation will happen is to come into conflict or con- contact with people that think differently than I do. That's the only way I change. And so I support this church and I serve this church because of that aim. Because that is who we are as God's people. This diversity of people all welcomed and all loved in the midst of our disagreement. In the midst of it. But I can also tell you that I am very confident about supporting this United Methodist Church. I am very confident about supporting this church. And if we think back a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the core values that you all brought to me. And let's, let's remember those. Care for the vulnerable, especially children. Being welcoming of all and opposing hate. Understanding the world better through travel and caring for creation, especially dogs, remember. Those are things that I can get behind. Those are, those are passions that you all have. That is the plan God has for us. To be the people that work on those things. But those things have so many possibilities to them. So many possibilities. And that has me thinking about how strange of a nonprofit churches are. You know, nonprofits these days have a very targeted focus, right? If you're the ASPCA, you're targeted in on the care of animals, right? And you, you reach out to people and say, Do you love animals? Give money to us. It works really well for them for fundraising. What do we as the church say? Who are we? What are we raising money for? Love. And goodness and peace. That's who we are. We are the people of love and goodness and peace. And that is what this nonprofit does. But that can be exhibited in as many ways as our people have passion. And you know, honestly, that makes us incredibly agile. Because that means when there is a world crisis, we can turn. We can turn and start addressing it, and we can do so in a way that still honors all that the people have given towards this. Because we are working for peace and love and goodness in the world. We can do that. And that's powerful, and that's transformative, and that's remarkable, and that is God's plan for us. That is God's plan for us. And sometimes it's hard to quantify the good that we do. Because honestly, the good we do means that if we do our job well, a lot of evil never happens. Let's think about the food pantry. We can quantify how many people, how many families come and pick up bags of food. We can quantify how many cans of goods we've handed out to people. We can quantify that. What we cannot quantify is the robberies that never happened because people had food on their table. What we cannot quantify is the fact that a parent didn't go to bed hungry and so they didn't lay a hand on their child out of frustration. We can't quantify that good. If we start mentoring the kids at Gateway, the alternative high school, we could see if a kid finally found his purpose and felt inspired and went to college and became a nurse. And we can count the number of patients that that nurse serves. What we cannot count is the lives that were not lost because that nurse was there including that nurse 
who found his purpose. That we cannot quantify. That is just good that stopped evil from ever happening. From ever happening. Because of the choices that we've made. And, and when we give to this church, let's not forget that we give to the whole of the United Methodist Church. As problematic as that is, let's recognize that we are in a connection with all of the United Methodist Churches around the world. And the bishop in Ukraine right now has opened every United Methodist Church and said, we will be a place of refuge. We will be a home for the homeless. We will be a place where people are not lost. We will do this for our people. And the United Methodist Committee on Relief, while they are not in Ukraine, I checked last night, they are not in Ukraine right now, they have partners that are, and they are already mobilizing resources to get there. We did that. We did that. We've already done that. We are already the arm of goodness and peace and love in a space of war and hate. We're already there. We're already there. We're already there. So when I return to this idea of the home you never leave, and how it started as this idea that no matter whether you lived in Bentonville or not, you could join us online. Um, no matter whether you were at home because you are sick or recovering from surgery, you can still be part of our church. While that was part of what we had in mind, I also recognize that we can now really be the, the church, the people who reach out to the people who are far from home and feel far from God. We can be the church of the refugees and the homeless and the lost. We can reach them now. How do we do it? Those of you who are joining us online right now, hit share. Hit share. Hit share and tag it and say, we are sending this as a message of hope to Ukraine. We are telling you that we know the plans God has for you. Plans for peace. Plans for a future filled with hope. Do it right now. And those of you in here, if you've got your phone, you could pull your phone out right now and do the same thing. Or you can go home after worship and share it. And send that message of love in the crowd of hate on social media. We can be that arm of love. We can be that peace. We can be that joy. We can be that hope instead. And it does make a difference. We stem that tide of hate. We fight the evil with the goodness of God. Here in the far reaches of the world. But it does take making that choice. It does take making that choice. Most of you probably, and if you don't have one of these, you, there we have them online and we have some extras have recently been sent one of these cards. This is our stewardship card, our giving card that we send out, and it is it's also available online. And it's a card that invites you to make choices. And when you return this card to us, it helps us make plans. That's all we need it for, to help know how we can better make plans, how we can better fit in the plans God has for us. That's why we ask this of you. That's it. That's all we need from you. But I'll admit, this year feels like too much. After two years of pandemic and now a national crisis or worldwide crisis, it feels like too much. We need a gesture of hope. That has me thinking about the prophets and what they do. 
Prophets bring us words. They bring us words of hope in these times. But they also take actions. They take actions that are for the community, that are out of the ordinary, that are unusual, that are a sign for the people, and they share it with the people so the people know the action was taken. Just like when Jeremiah bought the field, he then told everybody, I just bought a field in this place that's about to be taken over. Because he knew the hope it would bring. Bentonville, you've had a rough few years. You've had a rough few years. You need a sign of hope. So as your spiritual leader, and this is what I'm called to do, not the rest of the staff, and this is not necessarily what you are called to do, but as your spiritual leader, I am called to extend that gesture of hope to you today. And the gesture is going to be, I'm going to fill this card out in front of you and tell you how I do it. And part of the reason that I do that is because there's a lot of misunderstanding about how pastors give. Some people think we give no money to the church because we give our whole lives to the church. And I will say that I have colleagues that feel that way, and that is their journey, and that's between them and God. Some people think 10% is automatically taken out of our salary because we are pastors. That is the case in Pentecostal churches. They are required to tie 10%. It is not the case in the Methodist church. We are the people of free will. And I get to make choices too. So here are my choices. And here's how I do this. When I was an intern pastor, I made a decision in my prayer time with God that if I was ever going to stand in front of a church and tell you that I need you to give, then I was going to do it too. And I was going to do it at the level of the tithe, which is 10% of your income. And some people ask, is it 10% pre-tax or post-tax? Again, that's your journey to make. I will tell you it is pre-tax. I give 10% off of everything that the church gives me, plus a little more to make it a round number, and also because I give online using my credit card so I can get the points, let's be honest. Um, but there's a service charge for that, so I give a little extra to cover the service charge, okay? So when I came here, I immediately set up my online giving, $1,225 a month. Automatically comes out. But you know, it feels like good needs a fighting chance. It feels like good needs a little more right now. So I prayed about it, sat with all my bills, and thought about what I could give up. And I'm adding $400 a month to that total. So I will give $19,500 from July 2022 to June 2023. This is an increase from last year of $400 a month. And then from July 2022 to June 2023, I would like to commit um, 50 hours of service per week, minus my four weeks of vacation. Um, and 50 is kind of limiting me a little bit. Honestly, I get a little crazy. But I did the math, so that's 2,400 hours. So I'll give 2,400 hours of service. And I will attend worship, either online or in person, 52 weeks of the year. Because it does not matter if I'm on vacation. I still praise the Lord. And I'll take a break from that. So I will be in worship, online or in person, 52 weeks out of the year. This is my journey. This is my journey. This is not your journey. Your journey has to take into account your relationship with God and where you are. 
Your journey has to take into account your life and your life situations. I'll be honest, if my son ever goes to college, I may have to adjust this, right? But this is where I am now, and this is, this is where I feel called to be. These are the choices that I feel called to make. And you, you can make those same choices, but, but understand that every choice that you make makes a difference. What if you, you can't give a lot more, but you could give 10 more dollars a week? That's $520 a year. We can do a lot with $520 a year. This is the loaves and fishes world, people. I can work with $520. What if you can't give more money? But you could give an hour a month. You could give a couple hours a month. Let me tell you some of the ways you could help us with that. You give an hour a month in the nursery. We just started a new Sunday school class. Clark was late coming to to choir today because he was like, there are like 20 babies in the nursery today, um, which is fantastic. It's because we started a new um, adult Sunday school class and these families want to have a place. They want to be back in church. Give an hour in the nursery so they can catch their breath, please. Or, you know, if you signed up to mow the green space right outside of our church, do you know how many thousands of dollars you'd save the church on landscaping expense? Just mowing the green space. You don't even have to do the flower beds. Just mow the green space. Or did you know that every time we pay to have this, this space cleared of ice and snow, it costs between $2,000 and $2,500 to clear our parking lot? So Tony and I this week made an executive decision not to spend that money, and we were just praying it was really going to be 43 degrees on Saturday, and thank God it was. But this stretch over here where the sidewalk is is always in the shade. So Tony came up with her husband and a shovel, to clear it off. And while she was here, a gentleman who, one of our friends who lives on the street said, hey, I'll do that for you for 150 bucks. She said, done. (laughs) So we paid $150 to a man who lives on the street, probably got him a couple of nights shelter and some meals. And we got our sidewalks cleared. And I would love to do that more often. Or I would love for you all to offer yourselves in service. It makes a difference. That choice matters. And it also matters your presence matters. Choosing to be here, either online or in person, matters. When you come in this room, you are a space of warmth. You are a place of welcome. And you encourage all of us that give all of our time and energy up here. And those of you that join us online, when you shout out online, you you say welcome, you're welcoming the world. Thank you for that. Your presence matters too. There are all kinds of ways you can give. There are all kinds of choices that you can make. And the choices matter. How we spend our days matters. How we use our talents matters. How we direct our resources matters. You can choose to be in God's plan or not. You can choose to be in God's plan or not. My friends, today I invite you to choose God's plan. Choose love over hate. Choose goodness over evil. Choose peace over war. The choice matters. And I know the plans God has for us and for others. Plans for peace and a future filled with hope. I know the plans God has for us. Plans for peace and a future filled with hope. I know the God, plans God has for us. 
I know the plans. Choose this plan. Choose this plan for the love of God. Choose this plan. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.